I've never been big and watching TV preachers, although there are some decent ones out there. But I've been real big on being part of a, a home church, a fellowship where I can actually walk with the people, talk with the people, get to know the people. And those examples that I have set before me, I can see them personally being lived out. It's not that we can't learn from uh, radio preachers or TV preachers or today internet preachers, but you also need to have that group close by that you can have that accountability with. You're looking too far for that need you have inside. You're on a big merry-go-round and it's taking you for a ride. You've got to let go and let go. Welcome to The Cleansing Word. We invite you to stay with us as Pastor John Pinnell of Calvary Chapel Lake Villa takes us through a verse-by-verse study from God's Word. Each Monday through Friday, we'll be airing messages to encourage you in your faith that you might grow in the knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. I hope that you enjoy this broadcast, and I'll return at the close of this teaching to give you more information about our church and how you can obtain a copy of this message. Now here's Pastor John with today's message from God's Word. And today this superstar of faith, we could say of Paul, who many would look at and say he is someone that we could desire to be like. He also told the church that I have not yet obtained, that I'm still in the race and I'm pressing on and I want you to press on. And that's going to be the topic of our teaching today. But he says to us that we are to have the same mindset in verse 15. Therefore, let us, as many as are mature, have this mind that if in anything you think otherwise, God will reveal this to you. And so he's telling the mature in Christ He calls for them to adopt the same mindset that he has adopted, and that is of laying hold of that for which Christ Jesus has also laid hold of us. That we would forget those things which are behind, but reach forward to those things which are ahead. And that we would press toward the goal and the prize of the upward call of God in Christ Jesus. To the mature, we should be pressing on. To the mature, we should be seeking God's will to lay hold of those things which he has desired us as our ministry, as our responsibilities as believers, to forget the things that are behind. And and it's not that God can't use our past. God used Paul and his upbringing and his, he was a student of God's word. He used all those things as a follower of Jesus Christ. But Paul is saying, as he said last week, these things don't hold the value that they had once held. The value to me now is to have the knowledge of Jesus Christ, to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. That is my value. And so for the mature in Christ, this should be our desire to press on. I was reading Pastor Chuck on this passage, and and he said this portion of Scripture is a great New Year's Eve message because it talks about 
the future, forgetting those things which are behind, but let's press on for the future. And, and I believe that's a great challenge for us today to think about where we're at in our faith, in our walk, in our life. Are we pressing on? Are we the mature in Christ? Do we have the same mindset that Paul had? Paul had this mindset in prison. And if we can be out of prison, how much more then can we obtain or how much more could we do? Sometimes we read a few weeks ago in our men's study breakfast a few months ago of a group of prisoners who actually drew close to the Lord, so close to the Lord that they, after they were released from prison, that they actually desired to be back in that place. Because we get so busy in our lives today that sometimes we don't forget the things which should be left behind. We concentrate on those things. And I'm not saying that we don't have jobs or we shouldn't try to provide for our families. But while we're doing the normal routine of life, Christ should be at the forefront of our life, causing us to live as believers in this world. He said in that verse 15 also, if any, if any of you think otherwise, that if you're basically saying you're not the mature, if you think this isn't correct, then you need to have the Lord to reveal this to you, that you should also have the same mindset. To be mature in Christ, in Hebrews 5.14, it tells us, solid food belongs to those who are full of age. That is, those who by reason of use have their senses exercised to discern both good and evil. By reason of use. And I can attest to you that by reason of use, that I have my senses exercised in the word of God, that he helps me to not only tie things together in scripture, but I'm able to apply the things of the word of God into my own life and to live for Christ and to see things perhaps. An example, uh, I was watching uh, via Netflix a series that had long since been canceled, but it was on Netflix. It was a sci-fi series, and I like sci-fi stuff. And But I'm very guarded on the things that I watch. And as I was getting into the series, just a few episodes into the series, it was evident although there was no full-on nudity or anything in this. I mean, it could be made for TV today. But it was sensual enough that the Lord this week said, John, you can't be watching that anymore. And I was in the sanctuary praying, and I said, okay, Lord, I won't watch that anymore. I knew that it was not healthy for me to be viewing those things, even though all the rest of the show had a, a decent plot to it, and I could really get caught up into it. There was just this one portion of it that God said, John, you've got to turn that off. And I said, Lord, I'll turn that off. And I did. But it's a daily thing. It's a daily exercise. We have to be willing to submit. And we think, Lord, bless us, but I'm not willing to uh, turn the things off that I know that are not of you. Then that is the immature. That is being of those who think otherwise, that God will bless me in spite of the fact that I no longer will wholly, wholeheartedly live for him. It's a daily exercise that we have, that we should live and have this mindset. But it's the word of God that keeps me at that place. It's the word of God 
and the steady diet of his word and fellowship and prayer that keeps me there. He goes on in verse 16 saying, Nevertheless, to the degree that we have already obtained, let us walk by the same rule. Let us be of the same mind. And so Christ has purpose, I believe has a purpose, a ministry for each of us to fulfill. That until we fulfill it, we must continue to press on. That we must continue to reach forward to those things which Christ has set before us. And Paul is describing our race as not yet being completed. And it's not until we cross the finish line of heaven, until we see our Lord face to face. Until then, we still have work to do, church. And and we live in a nation that is drifting further and further away from the truth of God. And how are we going to, to walk? Are we going to take the same drift as the rest? Are we going to continue to follow the example of Scripture? And also, as in verse 17, follow the examples of others who are mature in faith. As he says, brethren, join in following my example. So Paul said, follow me. But also note those who so walk as you have us for a pattern. So Paul tells us, to follow the mature in Christ. Paul said, follow my example. Note others who also have the same mindset. Follow them. Use us for a pattern of life. You know, Jesus called John and Andrew by saying, come and see. They'd ask him, Lord, where are you saying? He said, come and see. And later on, Jesus, that same day in John 1:43, would say to Philip, follow me. And Philip would go find Nathaniel and say that we have found He whom Moses and the prophets wrote about, Jesus of Nazareth, you know, at first Nathanael doubted and Philip said, come and see. And then Jesus would call Peter and Andrew and James and John and say, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. And there's this general call that the Lord had to his sheep, to all of us in John 10, 27. He says, my sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. We are to be followers of Jesus Christ. To follow Christ. Now it's true, the disciples had a great advantage. Jesus was there physically with them. But they continued on after Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection, and they followed Christ through the teaching of the Word of God, through the empowering of the Holy Spirit. And I also believe by following other mature believers. Paul briefly saw Jesus on the road to Damascus. I had already mentioned that when he was arrested in Jerusalem, Jesus appeared to him again for a brief moment. He tells us in Galatians that he learned his doctrine. He learned the word through the revelation of Jesus Christ. And, and it is believed that Paul spent some time with the Lord in the desert of Arabia. Uh, there is a three years that's kind of unaccounted for his life. But for the most part, Paul was without a physical Jesus to look upon. But he had the gift of the Holy Spirit, and he had mature believers. And we read about such, like Barnabas, who took him alongside at first, Ananias, who prayed for him, or Aquila and Priscilla, who came alongside and worked with him, that he was not only a follower of Christ, but he knew how to target those who were advanced in faith and to follow them. In my own life, my parents have been that example for me early on. Uh, the two pastors of two different churches that I attended as a child. One church was my dad's. But when I, the church I got saved at, uh, dad wasn't pastoring yet. And so 
I had the mature of those two fellowships to follow, the one that I got saved at in the church my dad ended up pastoring, whom even after Lily and I were married, we stayed with my father until he retired. And there was some issues in the church that we found ourselves eventually out at a church in Libertyville. And there we found mature believers that we could target and we could learn from and that we could serve alongside also. But it was there at that church in Libertyville that the Lord called me to preach the gospel of Jesus Christ. And so I was in that stage of not only maturing in my faith, but God was distinctly putting a call upon my life that we would respond to that caused us not only to serve the youth at that church in Libertyville, but to be and myself a youth pastor at a church in Zion, and then to go out, as I mentioned earlier, to California in 92 to 94, that I could go to the school of ministry there and, and to mature in faith and to have people like Pastor Chuck and Kay Smith, Carl Westerlin and Barbara, who head up the school of ministry, and uh, David Hawking and Carol, his wife, I was exchanging emails with David this week. And I love David. He, he signs it. Love you. And I, I've shared this with you a lot of times, often. It's hard for me. There's a lot of people that, I love you, man. I love you. Love you. And it's like, you just met me. How can you love me? You don't even know me. But, you know, when someone like David, who was one of my teachers, we've maintained this relationship, that means something. But he's an example for me in my life to mark those mature believers, those who we can Um, follow alongside and to encourage us, to strengthen us. But at my dad's church years ago, there was an evangelist who came in several times and he would say this, and it always bothered me. And now that I've matured a bit in Christ, I understand why. But he would often say in his preaching, don't follow me, follow Christ. Now, in one sense, I understand the mindset of that. But on the other side of it, Here we have Paul saying, follow my example. In 1 Corinthians 11, he said, imitate me just as I also imitate Christ. This evangelist would say, get your eyes off of me, get them on Christ. I understand that, but we should have and mark the mature and we should be willing as the mature to say, follow me as I follow Christ. If we are mature in faith and we have our eyes on Jesus Christ and guiding us, we should have those who would come up and be willing to bring up some behind us and to strengthen them in their faith as we continue on our journey when the mature believers have their eyes rightly fixed upon Christ, then these are those whom we should want to learn from and to follow to help us bring us closer to Jesus. For he says in the world, verses 18 and 19, many walk of whom I have told you often, and now I tell you even weeping, And I just get this picture of Paul is writing this. He's welling up with tears and he tells them, I'm weeping as I'm writing this. And you've heard me preach this to you before. That they are enemies of the cross of Christ, whose end is destruction, whose God is their belly and whose glory is their shame, who's set their minds on earthly things. In contrast to Paul and others who walk the way of faith who are pressing on, who can become examples for us. Paul said there are those in this world that they do not walk in this way, and they are actually enemies of the cross, and he warns them of such. And we have such in our world today. In our world, there are those who 
are set on pedestals. They're worshipped by millions, and they may be rock stars, movie stars, politicians, or athletes. But so often, I was thinking of this 99%. They like to say that today, the 99%, the 1%, like having wealth is a horrible thing. But so often, the true 99% perhaps have their mind set on earthly things and not on things above. And we're looking to the large percent of our population, those who seem to have these lifestyles of success. And yet Paul said their end is destruction, their God is their belly, their glory is their shame, because they have their minds set on earthly things. It will come to their destruction. And we need to be careful about who we are targeting to be our examples. And it can even happen in church life. And there are those superstars sometimes of church faith, especially here in the United States. And yet they have some strange nuances of their interpretation of the word of God. It seems to times even to go against the word of God. And yet they have huge followings. So even of these, I would say they would be those that we would stay away from. I've never been big and watching TV preachers, although there are some decent ones out there. But I've been real big on being part of a a home church, a fellowship where I can actually walk with the people, talk with the people, get to know the people. And those examples that I have set before me, I can see them personally being lived out before me. It's not that we can't learn from uh, radio preachers or TV preachers or today internet preachers, but... You also need to have that group close by that you can have that accountability with and, and to walk as the Lord would have us to walk. There are many in this world that uh, they go after their idol without realizing the path that they're going down is one that leads to death and eternal separation from God. And we are not to follow such people. We're to be a different citizenship. And he finishes by saying and talking about his citizenship in verses 20 and 21, for our citizenship is in heaven, from which we also eagerly wait for the Savior and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly body, that we may be conformed into his glorious body, according to the working by which he is able even to subdue all things to himself. That we, our citizenship, Paul was a Roman citizen. The Philippians lived under the Roman rule. But he said, our citizenship is not of this world. We have a different citizenship. It is in heaven. And we here today might be citizens of the United States by birth or by citizenship papers. We may have our passports that declare that we are U.S. citizens. But we also have a different birth certificate if we are believers in Jesus Christ. I've always felt I am an American, and I, I am proud to be part of this nation, although I'm not proud of everything that I see going on in our nation. But God has given us great freedoms, and I think they've been abused quite often. But he's given us great freedoms. But I've also been weird in my mindset because I have a great love for another nation called Israel. And I'm not a citizen of Israel. I've only visited it once for 10 days. And yet I always 
am looking for headlines to see what's happening over there. Concerned of our own nation, concerned about Israel because of the connection that we have with God there and that chosen city, Jerusalem. But I am also a citizen of another place, and that is of heaven. My destination on this earth will be in a box in a ground. But my destination with Christ will be in heaven's glory. Well, he will take and transform this lowly body. I can guarantee you, lowly. Every year, lowlier. But he'll conform it into his glorious body. According to the working by which he is able. He is able. We are not able. That's why we continue to press on. He is able. We are not able. You know, we should eagerly wait this thing. We should have this anticipation for Jesus to come and to take us out of this place. As he said in 2 Timothy, as he's closing out his letter to Timothy in chapter 4, verse 8, Finally, there is laid up for me a crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, and not to me only, but also to all those who have loved his appearing. When Jesus Christ comes for his church, he is going to transform our lowly bodies, and we are going to be conformed into the image of his glorious body. Now, John says in 1 John 3, 2, Beloved, we are children of God, yet it has not yet been revealed what that shall be. We don't know what those bodies are actually going to look like. But he says, This we know, that when he is revealed, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. To be like Jesus Christ, that's good enough for me. To be like Christ, the one who is victorious over death and and rose from the grave and ascended to his father that to put on his righteousness we can strive to have our own righteousness paul strived to have his own righteousness but in the end it was futile to him in the end it was he counted it as loss as dung of less value because then once he met christ on the road to damascus His desire was to know Christ and to be known by him. And wherever you're at in faith, if you have met Jesus Christ as your Savior, that should be your same desire today. First step is to know Jesus. If you do not know Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, then everything that I've spoke about today does not qualify for you because You can't press on until you begin the race, and your race has not yet begun. But perhaps the Lord has you here today because this is the day of of the starting line for you. This is the day that you're going to begin that race. And I would encourage you to do so if, if the Lord's speaking to you in regard to that. But for us, it's Jesus Christ who is able, us who believe. He is able through his death, burial, and resurrection to subdue all things to himself. He has laid hold of us. It is Jesus that we are to uh, be pressing on toward the upward call in our lives, and that we must press on to lay hold of those things which Christ has laid hold of us. We must learn to forget those things which are behind, to reach forward to those things which are ahead, to press toward the goal and the prize of the upward call of Christ in our lives. We must mark the mature of faith and follow their examples. We are citizens of heaven. 
We should live like them, number one. And we should eagerly await the Lord's coming. Because when he comes, he'll transform our lowly bodies into his glorious image. Father, can't wait for that day. And as the worship team comes, just to close us out in this last song. Lord, we want to give opportunity for those who perhaps need to know you as Savior to come and to receive you as their Lord and Savior this day. Lord, for the last few weeks, I've been praying that you would do this for us and that this house, we pray often that the lost can come and to be saved. And perhaps today is the day of their salvation. But I also speak to the church as we close in this song, that if we want to just come and to pray and to commit to the race, and perhaps we've gotten off track, and perhaps, Lord, we haven't fixed our eyes on the prize, and perhaps, Lord, we haven't been pressing on, and we've been living more like the citizens of this earth instead of the citizens of heaven that you've called us to. Lord, that perhaps this could be a day of just changing all that, forgetting those things which are left behind and pressing forward for the things that you would have for us. And so, Lord, how you desire to work, we pray that you'd work at this hour. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Calvary Chapel is a fellowship of believers in the Lordship of Jesus Christ. Our greatest desire is to know Christ and to be conformed into his image by the power of his Holy Spirit. If you would like more information about Calvary Chapel, or if you would like a copy of today's message, please contact us at 847-265-0646. That's 847-265-0646. Thank you so much for joining us today, and may the Lord richly bless you as you worship Him today.